I want to start this with this passage of Scripture that, for me personally, I've just gone back to this place in the Word of God really my whole life. My whole life I've gone back to these uh, two verses in the book of Proverbs. And, and in all of our lives, we go through a lot of seasons. We go through uh, different ages in our lives and different stations and positions and ups and downs in our lives and in our relationships. And I believe that what God is wanting to encourage us all in is how we can live life as God intended it. Not, not from the perspective of the way the world is going right now or the way your world is personally rolling right now. But God has a, an intention and a plan. He has thoughts about you and about your family and about your life, and those thoughts are good. And he has an intention for all of us to live life as he intended it, from that place of goodness moving towards greater goodness that is built upon it. it the, there, are, there are layers of goodness that God builds into our personal lives and into our relational lives. And so whether that relationship is husband, wife, child, uh, and parent, friends, work relationships, and all of the other things, God has good things for us to build upon and layer upon in our lives and then that goodness expands. It literally goes out from our lives into our world. And so this passage of scripture that I just want to bring back to your, maybe it's bringing it back to you, it's certainly bringing it back to me, and maybe it's your first time, but it's a promise of God that you and I can stand upon. It's Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. It's from the Amplified uh, translation. It says this, through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I don't think there's one person in this room that would say no thanks to that. I think it, within our hearts, this desire for something stable and strong and loving and pleasant has already been birthed by God. And now he's showing us, he's actually, actually giving to us pathways to build it. It doesn't come prefab. It actually has to be built. And, and he gives us the tools and the necessary components and the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding to build it. 
And so my encouragement to you today as we kick this off is have an expectation of building. Maybe you started something. Maybe something you've already, your layers into something good in relationships already. And I just want you to know that from God's perspective, there's more to be built. There's something even more than what you're currently experiencing. In the Passion Bible, the first verse of this says this. It says, wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, and communities. And I believe that we are a group, we are a congregation of wise people. And God is, God gives us the wisdom, but we actually are builders. We're not destroyers. We're builders of families. We're builders of businesses. We're builders of communities. And he's positioned us in the earth today to do these things by his ability and by his strength. And so I honestly believe that God is urging his children, build, build. Don't, don't, don't kick back. Don't lean back. Don't lay down. Don't quit. Build. Build. You're wise people. And I'm, I'm imparting, God is imparting to us his wisdom in greater degrees and in, in broader measures than we've even known to ask for. Because his intentions are that we relate well to one another and that we build well on the earth during our time. So that's where I'm going to go today. And I'm going to just give you three, you can call them building blocks or essential qualities, things that I see from the scripture that are absolute necessities for us as builders. Because that's who God has made us. And so whether your home uh, houses just you, or it houses you and one more, or you and ten more, God has a plan for your house to be built on wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and to increase in every way. And I just don't want us to sit back and settle for the less than that the enemy is always working to get us to settle for. Oh, don't expect too much, then you won't be disappointed. Oh, don't, 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 try to, don't try to press on. Why not? Why not? Our Father is the creator of this earth, David read it to us, that you and I are living in. And his command to us, the mandate that we have from the very beginning, was to go forth, to be fruitful, to multiply, and to replenish this earth. And it's ours to do. And we have his abilities, and we have his resources, and we have his help underneath us, out in front of us, and coming up behind us to reach for something better than what this world has to offer. And so I, I just want us to, to uh, I want to read this statement to you. 
It's from Pastor Charles Neiman, and it so impacted Marshall and I and uh, others as we prepared this when he was talking about relationships. And so just just bend your ear to, to, to hear this. He says, we were never designed to do life alone. The quality of our lives is often directly connected to the quality of the relationships that we have. We are created for a relationship with God. And he has a plan for how we should relate to our spouses, children, families, co-workers, and friends. In these next few teachings, you will learn how to enjoy relationships God's way and how those relationships help us to become all that he created us to be. No one's left out. No one's exempted. No one's on the edges. With God, everybody's included. And so I want us to look. I I don't have all of this on the screen for you, but I I want you to click over to this uh, verse or open up your Bible to it. It's in Ephesians in chapter 6. Many of us, uh, especially that are parents, we know verse 1. Verse 1 is to the children, obey your parents. We should paint that on their walls when they're born, right? Um, in, case, in case you don't know this, children are not born ready to do that, to obey. Children are born ready to rebel. And so it's the parent's responsibility to train them in obedience, and it's such a pleasant thing, isn't it, parents? So easy to do. I, don't, I just don't know why it, we don't all do it better. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, I believe points us in the direction of one of the essential ingredients, not just for parenting, but for every human relationship. And that essential ingredient is honor. It's honor. We're told here, In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and your mother. This is the first commandment that was given with a promise that all may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. We're told uh, from the beginning to give honor to God. And the word honor uh, in our Bibles is to make weighty. It means to make something weighty, to give it value, to to revere it, to um, respect it. And we can see, those of us living in our culture today, that, that this whole concept of honor is something that is, is waning. It's waning more and more and more. We, 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 in the world, we tend to think that we only honor achievement. But in, in Bible, in God's world, we honor people. We honor humanity. And by honoring the people that God has made, we give honor to God. By honoring God's words, we're giving that honor back to God. And we, we find a pathway to live not as we think is right, but as God told us, it is, is right. And it's very, very often uh, going against 
the way that other people in our worlds are living. So it seems more difficult. It seems out of step. But think about this. In the very first human relationship, parent and child is all of our very first human relationship. And in the very first human relationship that we are born into, the instruction that we are given is to honor the parent. It doesn't have, it, there, are no there are no pre-qualifiers here. There's no, in, in the Bible, there's, there's no uh, honor the good parent, dishonor the bad parent. It's just honor father, honor mother. And if you do that, it'll go well with you. There's something there that we, we've discounted in, in our cultural explanation of human behavior. But in the very first relationships, the very first instruction that we're given as humans is honor. Give value, place value upon these people that are in your lives. And listen, nobody gets it perfect. No human parent gets it perfect. God the Father, who is, the Bible says, who is our pattern for all father, is the perfect father, and even his kids didn't do so well honoring him. But it wasn't because he wasn't perfect as a father. A human parent never gets it perfect. There's no perfect parent, uh, but there is still this um, instruction that we've been given to give honor. Make, it, make them a, a person of value and give the value to the position that they hold. You're awfully quiet. You have to kind of think it through, don't you? You know, it's not the conventional cultural wisdom of our day to honor God. Almost in any arena. It's, it's hardly the conventional wisdom of our day to give honor to anyone. We demand that someone deserve the honor before it's given. And we get to set the standard for them deserving it. It's not popular to give honor to parents, especially in our day. And in fact, in our day, the, inst the institutions of higher learning that we actually pay money to, to send our children to, to educate them, have begun to ridicule and caricature and stereotype the parents that actually do raise their children to believe in a loving Heavenly Father. And in many of those institutions, the people that you're paying to educate your children are actually persecuting your children for their belief in God the Father. And so our children come out of those institutions with a dishonor. That we paid people to teach them. They come out dishonoring parents. They come out disrespecting authority. It's very, in the culture of our day, our whole lives, it's been very popular to disrespect authority. But it's not biblical to disrespect authority. 
So you and I, over and over, we have decisions to make about which standards of life we will live our lives according to and which standards of culture we will raise our children in. Nobody gets it perfect, but far too many of us have come to believe that if we raise our children with biblical standards, we're actually putting them at a disadvantage. I will always choose to believe the word of the living God and the foolishness of scripture over the wisdom of this world and its culture because I'm trusting God for the lives of my children. Church, we can do it better. We can do it better. We can even raise our children as believers better. But we're not going to give our children an advantage if we move our worship of God to the sidelines and the special occasions of our family life. We're not giving them the advantage that God wants them to have. So, honor our parents. I don't know about you, but I had good parents, not perfect parents. Marshall had good parents, not perfect parents. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But maybe it's a good time for us who were privileged to be raised in a home with at least one parent that believed in God, maybe it's time for us to say thank you to the parent and to God for the privilege, for the advantage that we were given to be raised in such a home. And then maybe we can ask God to help us advance build upon the foundation that was laid in us and make it broader and wider and stronger and better even than what we were given. And if you weren't privileged, if you weren't advantaged, and you, you feel like you were left out, guess what? In the kingdom of God, nobody's ever left out. Nobody's ever left with the disadvantage. In Psalm 27, verse 10, the scripture even says, if when my mother and my father forsook me, God took me up. So you're not at a disadvantage. Just run into the presence of Father God and watch him make up all the difference that you feel like you missed out on because he leaves nobody out. He leaves no one on the edges. Everybody comes into the center of God the Father's love. In uh, the letter to Ephesians, that's what we read, uh, the book that we read from about honoring father and mother. It's a letter to a church, and it's a letter to us. In the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians, the letter talks to all of us about who we are in Jesus Christ. He lays out for us our true identity. Today in our culture, identity is so attacked. It's so demeaned. It's so confused. But we can always go back to the Word of God and reestablish who we are in Christ Jesus. 
And the letter to the church at Ephesus does this beautifully for us to give us a, a certainty about who we are, whose we are. And then chapters 4 through 6, the end, that second half of that letter, actually instruct us on how we relate to other people. Okay, this is who I am. This is who I am in Christ. Now here is how I live. Here is how I actually have life-giving interactions and relationships of all kinds with all kinds of people in my life. And it's amazing when you read this letter as a letter, how the instruction is so, uh, it will so anchor your heart, it will so anchor your soul, while at the same time it's giving you such, you and I, such practical instruction about how we relate to other people. And one of the things that comes out so often is this quality of giving honor. Giving honor. At one time during Jesus' ministry, he's busy ministering uh, to other people. And, and a person comes in and says, Jesus, your mom and your brothers and sisters, they're outside in the front yard and they want to have a conversation with you. And Jesus, this is in Matthew chapter 12, verse 50. Jesus says, anybody who does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and my mother. What is he telling us? He's telling us that human relationships are valuable, but that human relationships go way beyond the bloodline. They go way beyond the family we were born into. There's actually a purpose of God that he has set into the earth that has us relating to other members, other people within our sphere of influence that are worshipers of God. And these relationships that we have with mothers, with brothers, with sisters, with aunts, with uncles, with grandparents, in the natural world and in the spiritual world are essential for the plan of God and the purposes of God to be worked out in the earth. It's actually a part of what God does. He relates us to others for the purposes of strength, protection and growth and the purposes of his kingdom. The way we relate one to another has something to do with how the purposes of heaven can be filled on earth. It's one of the reasons that our interactions and our relationships, natural and spiritual, are, are sometimes seem so challenging and so uh, we, can, we can rock along fine and then it feels like everything blows up. Why? Because there's something more at stake here than just who I eat a french fry with. The purposes of heaven are being carried out on the earth by those of us who do, do the will of our Father who is in heaven. Peter wrote this, he said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. I think if we can seek God and really hear the wisdom of God on this, uh, this essential trait of giving honor 
giving honor, treating humanity with respect and honor every person on the planet, whether you agree with them or you don't, whether they're of your political party or not. We're still created in the image and the likeness of God. They may not yet be living as children of God, but they still deserve respect and dignity as humans. And I just wonder, church, what would happen in our city? What could happen in our nation if we could begin to treat others with honor. Just honor. Respect. Giving value. Jesus thought they were valuable. He thought they were valuable enough to shed blood for. So even in our disagreement, they can still be valuable human beings. And I wonder if the church all of us could begin to treat with dignity and courtesy and respect and honor if so, so much of the damage that is being done in our world could be repaired. I think it could. Because God is a repairer of breaches. All of that could happen maybe with just honor honor. You say it's complicated. Not really. It's really not. Just pull yourself away from, from all of the cultural arguments and put yourself into the place to receive the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And he can untangle complicated things pretty quickly. I'm very well aware that this first set of human relationships that we're talking about where between the parent and the child that, that it, it went south pretty quick. By about Genesis chapter 3, humanity's already in trouble. Genesis is the first book. We're already in trouble uh, with God and, and with ourselves and, and with each other. Um, but we still have this mandate to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And so we still have this um, responsibility to grow into the people that God has called us and causes us to become. But even today as we celebrate Mother's Day, there's a tension that goes on in our world. Not everybody had a great mom. Not everybody had great parents. Nobody had perfect parents. Agreed? <laughs> 